Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Chandler Copenhaver, the Director of Business Development at Crowdox. Chandler, thanks so much for being on the show today. Hey, thanks for having us. So Chandler, you've been working in the industry on the crowdfunding side for for a few years, uh, working with campaign owners, working with Crowdox now. Give our audience a a brief description about what Crowdox is and why they need it in their lives. Absolutely. You know, as many campaign creators know, running a campaign tends to be more work than they anticipate. A lot of people come into it not really knowing how much work it takes to, to do the video production and you know creating the page and then going through that process of actually marketing the campaign, which I know you guys are heavily involved with. But interestingly enough, I would almost consider, and, and speaking with a lot of creators, I would consider that portion of the campaign to actually be almost easier, especially because there are some such great partners, you know, actually helping with that process. But when it comes to helping with manufacturing and actually fulfilling the product, there's a lot of headache that, that is involved with the the little steps in between. And so we created CrowdOx um, actually out of necessity for ourselves. Uh, we had campaigns that uh, we could created and fell into this, you know, I wouldn't call it a trap, but just unexpectedly fell into the headache and the challenge of you know, managing all of these orders. And the more successful a campaign gets, the, the more there's a demand and a need to really simplify that process. And especially when you consider um, that it's it's not something you do frequently, especially if you you're a, a typical campaign creator. Most creators don't create more than maybe three, four campaigns in a, in a year at the very most. And so finding solutions to solve some of those headaches when you're only doing it, you know, irregularly is really important. And so we developed CrowdOx. Uh, our two co-founders both are developers and have a lot of talent in that area. Thought, hey, let's let's build it ourselves, and um, we were able to continue to develop that product over the last uh, about, about three years, kind of under the radar almost. And uh, you know, a lot of campaign creators probably didn't uh, weren't very aware of us until about nine, ten months ago, and that's when we really started, you know, putting the pedal to the metal and and trying to scale our our awareness a bit so that people can utilize our our services. So let's talk about a little bit about how CrowdOx can help the, the crowdfunding project creators. So you guys take over. When's the best time for, for someone potentially to reach out to you guys for support? The service or the, the software that we've developed and what we do to help creators helps them at the end of the campaign. Once their campaign is completed, 
They then receive funds from Kickstarter. They also receive the backer information, uh, you know, all of the emails and, and contact info for, for some of these creator or some of these backers that they have. They then have the challenge of, of managing them. So when we were at CES just a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a chance to talk to uh, to some of the Kickstarter and Indiegogo teams and had a discussion about the service that we facilitate, which is many key people call it a pledge management software or a uh, backer support. And what we're helping with is all these orders, all of these backers that have now supported this campaign, you know, now they're kind of waiting around and, and, and hoping to now receive their product. And of course, it's a challenge to do it on time. And, and there's a lot of work to be done to build the product and to actually send it. And so we're helping facilitate that gap and bringing in all of these orders into one easy to manage platform that allows them to then survey and send out a basically a confirmation of the order that a backer made on Kickstarter. And so it kind of bridges the gap. Kickstarter is not designed to be like a website or a web store. It is unique in that way. And so what Crowdox, what we, we designed it to do is to give a bit more of that intuitive feel that most backers are familiar with when they are completing an order. You know, they have the ability to add colors or sizes or some of the specifications of their product. And um, you, you mentioned, you know, what when is a good time for us to get in contact? Because of the nature of what we do helps at the end of the campaign, there's a lot of value in us communicating with the creator before they launch. Because if we can talk to a creator and, and we can kind of give feedback and go back and forth on their plans, it'll help us disseminate the information. Basically, you know, a pledge level, if we look at any Kickstarter or Indiegogo campaign, a pledge level or a perk is basically a paragraph. And we have to take that paragraph and turn it into actual products that a person would like to send as a reward or as a you know kickback for that person helping uh, a pledge to the campaign. And so if we can navigate some of the uh, the ways that things are presented and make it fit really well into the system, it makes it a lot smoother for that creator. So I'd be interested to hear what your conversations with Indiegogo and Kickstarter were, because, you know, obviously there, there's a there's a gap, which is why, you know, sites like yours and Backerkit and Pledge Manager exist. Right. Do you think that they're you know going to potentially close that gap and have a better customer experience post crowdfunding, you know, campaign completion. So my conversation with Julio, which is one of their team members, uh, Kickstarter's executive team members, the comments that he had, he just basically said that he was incredibly grateful for what we do facilitating this gap because it's not something that Kickstarter has focused on, nor will they focus very much on. We are actually endorsed and I use the word endorsed lightly. It's, it's a Kickstarter has, some different places on their page where they redirect attention to some partners that might help a, a campaign creator. And of course, they have their own survey software that you can send out, but it is designed for a small project. Um, as you and I both know, you know what Kickstarter originally catered towards, and, and even to this day, what Kickstarter focuses on is the, the campaigns that are highly creative and tend to be rather small. And so when a campaign has, you know, 200 backers or so, somewhere in that smaller range, that's kind of what their survey software was designed for, was to facilitate and help with these smaller campaigns. 
And having that said, though, we don't compete with that software. We don't compete with Kickstarter and, or Indiegogo in, in terms of what they're offering um, with their current survey. Both companies, both Indiegogo and Kickstarter alike, are uh, very much aligned and very grateful for you know what we can help with because there's there's there are a number of things that we do that their software just simply can't. This is true, and I know Crowdox has worked with a handful of our clients. Uh, you know, recently we just had a nerve on Shark Tank. Yeah. Uh, you've also done some of our, our million dollar campaigns uh, like Polygons and GoKey. What's the experience like, you know, for some of these, you know, larger campaigns using your software and the ability to manage tens of thousands, in some cases, backers? Absolutely. That's where it really becomes almost imperative that they utilize a solution like ours. And, you know, when you have that many orders, it's not it's just something you can't manage through an Excel spreadsheet efficiently. That is where we really get excited because there's a lot of opportunity for us to help these creators navigate what could be a, a massive headache and what ends up sometimes uh, actually resulting in a lot of very upset backers. And of course, that makes the creator very upset as well. And so you bring up polygons, which is a great example. In fact, uh, we were just reviewing some of the information from that campaign not too long ago. It went very smoothly, very successful campaign that you guys participated with. And as we work with those creators the, at, with, a, with a large amount of backers, there's a number of ways that we can help engage those backers. Number one is, of course, sending out our survey, which allows them to, to complete their order, confirm any of the selections that they had, um, whether that be colors or different variants of the product, different kind of SKUs as well. It then allows them to also add on additional product. They can upsell, essentially, their, their creators I'm sorry, the backers, and uh, make available add-ons. And that's incredibly important because where Kickstarter and Indiegogo don't necessarily have a very smooth and easy way for someone to basically pick and choose, this allows a creator to offer additional items. And in many cases, these additional items that are offered have uh, have higher margins than their core product. You mentioned Inerv, for example. And uh, Inerv had a very high-tech product, the ovens. and But what's great about that product is that it's somewhat somebody that wanted to they have maybe multiple homes or, or something like that, even though they only purchased one unit, utilizing CrowdOx after the campaign in the survey, they'd be able to add on a couple more units or some additional items that were available, maybe extra chargers, extra uh, battery packs, whatever it might be. And that provides great value to the backer but it also provides a lot of value to the creator because they can. it helps them balance and maintain some of that margin by adding on these products that typically have better margins um, than their core products. So let's talk about, you know, campaigns, whether they, let's say the majority of campaigns these days are, you know, funding on Kickstarter and then migrating over to Indiegogo in-demands option. How can CrowdOx handle both? Absolutely. So CrowdOx, we actually work with both Indiegogo and Kickstarter. There's a high percentage of projects that will run a Kickstarter campaign successfully. They'll then transition onto Indiegogo and demand, which we are all for that. We, In fact, that's part of what I had the conversation with the in-demand team, specifically Natasha over at uh, Indiegogo. And we're, we're, we're really excited to work together because at the end of the day, Indiegogo provides things that CrowdOx can't and vice versa. And so in many cases, people that run a campaign and utilize multiple platforms 
we have a way for them to bring together all the orders. To give an example of a really successful project, we worked with a campaign recently called Seventh Continent. It's a very large Kickstarter board game project, and uh, they they did seven million dollars. Had just shy uh, well, they had forty three thousand backers on their Kickstarter campaign. In their case, they didn't actually use Indiegogo. It's not as common for that category to to move on to Indiegogo and demand. But instead, they utilized our pre-sale page. So in the event that somebody moves on to in-demand, that's great. We'll pull in any of the orders directly from Indiegogo's API, just like we do with Kickstarter, and be brought right into our into the dashboard for the creator. And they'll be able to manage the orders for both platforms, albeit sometimes it might be different, right? On an Indiegogo campaign, they might charge 10 to 20% more than they did on Kickstarter, um, since it's not the earliest adopters anymore. So it really is up to the creator and they, creators have many variants of strategies. But like I mentioned with, uh, for example, Polygons, I know Polygons kind of took that approach and they, they brought in um, additional pledges, additional backers through both platforms, whereas another campaign like Seventh Continent did not. Uh, and in that case, they used our late backer page or pre-sale page. Um, they're the same thing, but different names. Many people use different names for it, but it allows backers that missed the project to to jump on board even still. What was great for, for, for Seventh Continent, I mean, they ended up, even though they had 43,000 in total, they actually ended their campaign with us. We're just closing out their surveys this week. They ended up with just shy of 50,000 total orders. And uh, so it was really a, a great experience for them to be able to do that. Definitely a solid milestone there. So in terms of like handling shipping costs, obviously this can be very complicated for a first-time entrepreneur running a crowdfunding campaign. You know, obviously contacting you guys early on to help navigate those waters, but what other tip would you give to a crowdfunding creator in terms of handling or pricing out shipping costs? When it comes to shipping costs, it can be very, very challenging. And part of the reason is because depending on the region that you're shipping a product, for example, you know, Kickstarter, we all know, I mean, it's built out in such a way that I can say, you know, Australia, I'm going to charge this and Africa, you know, South Africa, I'll charge that. The challenge is, is that there are so many different variables that are included when you're trying to ship. It, it has to do with which company you're using. It has to do with where the products are coming from, the fulfillment centers that you might have, where it's manufactured. And so because there are so many factors it really can be kind of daunting to a creator. We do help with some of those aspects, but we also are creating and establishing partnerships. And this is actually a new exciting thing that Crowdox is really delving into. We have some exciting news that we can't quite announce yet, but we're, it, we're really close to have announced here soon that even more added integration and uh, support when it comes to these kind of challenges. And uh, it'll, it'll be really exciting to see how that continues to add more value to creators but as it stands today, uh, we do work with a number of these uh, really great companies, and these companies can help to give feedback on, you know, and quotes of what it would cost and kind of give some some basic numbers. And, uh, of course, like you're mentioning, and I know that you guys go through this all the time in, in uh, preparing with creators early stage, there's the question of how much do I charge? How much do I charge based on the cost? How much do I charge based on having enough margin to cover fees and then how much do I charge for shipping on top of all of that? And so um, these are some things that we can help with and give some advice and consultation for. 
Solid. So what would be your number one piece of advice for someone thinking of launching a crowdfunding campaign project? I could go on forever on the types of advice that we could talk about, but I think one of the main things that I would say is, number one, definitely take those extra steps, take that extra time to prepare, whether that's preparation of your audiences beforehand, but also the preparation like we're talking about now about shipping costs, about you know what your plan is. Um, once your campaign is is concluding and it's successful, obviously you want to have in hand what you're thinking of doing in terms of your manufacturer, or at least have some ideas. I'm working with a creator right now for a successful project called Box Throne, and uh, they're they're about to launch their survey in the next few days. They've taken their time, and they've taken their time. The campaign raised not, uh, you know nine hundred and ten thousand dollars, I think, somewhere in that range. Very successful board game storage product and kind of a shelving unit that's modular. And it's pretty exciting. They'll have a lot of great opportunities to offer add-ons and, and, and these kinds of things once the campaign is over. But they're being really, they're taking their time and they're being intentional on making sure that they have the right manufacturers lined up, that they have the right shipping lined up. In my opinion, you can't over-prepare. The one thing I, I would say though, in, in the preparation process, you do have to be a little strategic piece of advice I give a lot of creators is, you know, it's very common in certain categories to do stretch goals. And it's very common for people to, you know, offer these add-ons, even even sometimes during the campaign. And it's important to be strategic with them. And, and I say that because a campaign doesn't know how they're going to do until they launch. Box Throne, to give an example, no one knew that it was going to raise that kind of money. That's a, it was a very successful project. But, you know, very modest expectations originally, maybe 100,000 max kind of thing. And in his case, there were there's some mistakes made just in the preparation of those pledge levels. Uh, I'm sorry, not the pledge levels, the uh, stretch goals. And uh, I believe he knocked out three stretch goals in the first like three hours of the campaign. <laughs> and uh, it's because he reached funding goals so much quicker than he expected. And the reason why you know you would want to spread those out is it gives you content to engage your community, to get people excited about the cool new offerings that you have. And if you if you knock through most of them within the first couple of days or week of your campaign, it, it tends to kind of dry up a little bit at the end of your campaign. And so I encourage backer or creators when they're preparing and they have stretch goals or they have things that they would want to uh, to provide to their backers definitely, you know, maybe show off one stretch goal at a time and don't overshow. Don't show all your cards at once. It's a strategic thing. It's not deceptive and it allows the, the creator a lot more control. Solid advice there, Chandler. This gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good nice. to go? I'm ready. So what inspired you to work with entrepreneurs? It's something that I absolutely love, and uh, I would say the main inspiration was uh, I just love innovation. I backed the uh, Pebble Watch back in 2012. That's where I got started with crowdfunding. So ever since that, I've been hooked. Good campaign to start out with. So what's what's your favorite crowdfunding project of all time? Favorite of all time? Dang, that's a hard one. You know, let's say the Pebble. I think the Pebble has been a cool case study for crowdfunding and uh, has changed the game. Do you still wear your Pebble Watch? I don't wear my original. I have it kind of in a case, but I do ha I do wear the Pebble Time still. There you so, go. So. so if you could have a beer with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? 
You know, it would probably have to be Henry Ford or, you know, maybe Marcus Lemonis, if somebody that's alive. <laughs> nice. Marcus is a solid dude. So yeah. if you had a chance to go and uh, hang out with Marcus, what, what would you ask him first? You know, we would, I would just love to, to understand a bit of what gets him most excited about a particular company. I know that he has lots of reasons, but there, I'm sure there's certain things. I don't think it's just all profit, right? Even though that's the name of his show. So. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely not all about the profit. Uh, he, he's definitely a solid dude. I spoke with him last year at the uh, Crowd Invest Summit, so definitely a stand-up guy. He's a cool guy. What book would you recommend to our audience? The most recent book would be Lynchpin by Seth Godin. It's a phenomenal book. I actually hated it for the first quarter of the book, which is a sign of a good book because it challenged my way of thinking. So definitely recommend that one. Yeah. All right. Last question, Chandler. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? Future crowdfunding is exciting. I mean, nobody knows exactly where it's going to go. However, there's not going to be any shortage of innovation and people will continue to come up with awesome new things. We haven't maxed that out yet. We, I don't think we ever will max out creation and innovation. So I'm excited for it. I agree. Chandler, this has been great. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where they should go and uh, why they need to go check out CrowdOx. Absolutely. CrowdOx, what makes us unique is we can help your campaign once it's over to really smooth out all the headaches that are there. And, and we do so in a very cost-effective way. We're a very lean business, just like you're trying to create your business to be. And uh, it allows us to pass those savings on to you. Uh, it's going to be much more affordable than some of our competitors and allow you to have the opportunity to, to not make that a big headache. We want you to be focused on the after we want you to be focused on selling your product once you get to stores and so let us help you kind of smooth out that process and lift those burdens the best way to get a hold of us about your campaign you can visit our website at the crowdox.com and that's crowd ox like the animal kind of that lifting burden analogy <laughs> crowdox.com you can also reach me directly chandler at crowdox.com or sales at crowdox.com Awesome. Chandler, thank you so much for being on the show. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the notes, the transcript, and links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backerkit. Chandler, thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.